Good day to you. Welcome back. Driving out this morning, and, and I haven't done a weather report in a while. I remember when I first started doing these recordings, I would often ramble on about the weather, um, depending on what season it was, talking about it was really cold or spring was finally coming, or whatever the case. But here it is. We're fast-forwarding towards the end of July, and we're almost chilly. I think we're in the upper 50s this morning, and it's sunny and beautiful. We finally had some rain and um, told the 90-degree temperatures goodbye. And uh, for those of us that are few that live without air conditioning, that is a very welcome change. Um, I have to say, I don't much enjoy going to bed at night when my house is 86 degrees. Um, but you know what? It didn't kill me. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. We can endure a whole lot more than we give ourselves a chance to. Let me just put it that way, myself included. Um, just thinking this morning... Uh, about contentment, satisfaction, peace, a quiet spirit, a, a man who's quiet in, quieted himself before the Lord in absolute trust and reliance and dependence. And I just want to be that man. I want that so bad. And I finally want it bad enough in my life that I'm really pursuing that. I have shared in these recordings and openly in my life for years about how, how I am in my flesh tendencies, in my old man tendencies. I'm very anxious I get into a condition of unrest quite easily in years past. I, I alluded to that a little bit the last brief recording that I did about how I used to just be really easily discouraged or just kind of put off. And a lot of that goes to, if I were younger, they probably would have diagnosed me with something attention-related. Like, because my, my natural tendency, again, is to just be thinking of a world of, of concerns and thoughts at any given moment on many matters. And it often, when something comes along and throws that off, that pattern of thought, that plan, whatever it may be, my natural tendency is still to just, well, I quit. I can't do it. I mean, I can't put forth the mental focus to accomplish something because there's just too many things in my head. And so as a spiritual man, and as I contemplate the scriptures, as I read 
the saints who've gone before me, the disciples, the followers of Jesus, the heroes of the faith from the Old Testament. And I glean and, and do my best to add to my life the attributes of these men. It helps me. It doesn't just help me think better. It changes me when I align my faith with the promises of what is within the sanctification of a man in Christ Jesus. And that becomes my hope. It becomes my, my practice. It becomes what I do because it's becoming who I am. And so this morning, I've, in the last few days, I've just really been thinking about Psalm 131, about the weaned child. Of course, the, the text is talking about Israel, put your hope in the Lord, put your trust in the Lord, put your identity in Him, stop depending upon yourself and stop depending upon the shortcomings of others and stop thinking about your oppressors. Stop being so fascinated with your circumstances which are not the way you desire. Put your hope in the Lord, Israel. I have stilled and I've quieted my soul. Like a weaned child with its mother is my soul within me. What is a weaned child? I remember I have this really old book of Spurgeon writings. It's, it's topical. It's a couple inches thick and it's, just, it's one of those books that just looks awesome. I had a very kind lady give it to me years ago. And it's just, man, it's just an awesome book. Now, the binding's not doing too well, but I always leave it sitting out. In many days, I read it. Many days, I'll just grab it and I'll read a few pages, a few topics. I mean, it's in broken down into topical paragraph form. There's, it's just little quotes by Spurgeon. And there's one that, that I was reminded of as I was thinking on this wean child thought the last several days. And basically Spurgeon says this, he tells this little story about, let's just imagine, and I'll paraphrase, there's a, there's a young newborn infant in a church service and, and the, the child is crying and he's crying for his mother because he's hungry. He needs fed. He needs nourished to live. And he's not yet weaned. We've all, whoever have had children of us listening, whoever have experienced this firsthand, we know that the cry of an infant when it's hungry is relentless. They know one thing. I need fed. Feed me. <laughs> I'm going to lay here and cry and scream and kick my legs. This is my only form of communication. And until I'm satisfied, you're going to be hearing from me. I'm going to be kicking and screaming in dissatisfaction. I am not finding any contentment in my present condition. 
an unweaned child, a nursing child. Okay, so the story goes on. In summary, this child is crying and and multiple people try to console the child. They bring the infant some toys. Well, this may satisfy the newborn for a few seconds, maybe even a minute or two at best. But that's not what it's needing. And so it tosses the toys to the side and maybe somebody will open a book and pick up the infant and put her put him on his on his lap and like bounce him a little bit and read him some books and you know let him kind of stare at some illustrations on a page well that doesn't do it either and we could go through a number of things a number of approaches and responses to this hungry child's demands but nothing will satisfy that child now bring in that child's mother the nursing mother and the child will go to the mother and be fed and be still be satisfied be quieted there's an unrest in the infancy of the child the level of dependence is just revealed in certain ways. And so, in Psalm 131, we see like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child is my soul. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. I will trust in the Lord. I will put my hope in the Lord. And the, and the preceding part of that scripture is very interesting to me. My heart is not proud. My eyes are not lofty. I will not concern my, thing, my, my thoughts, my mind with matters that are too great for me. My heart is not proud. My eyes are not lofty. I am satisfied in my trust and my hope being in God. I'm a weaned child. Hand a weaned child to its mother and that child will sit content. It will sit in peace. It will sit in contentment. It will be still and quiet. And friends, this is my heart's desire in this season of my life. And I'm so thankful that that's where I'm walking. And for someone like me, y'all can't get in my head. Some of you may not know me. But the Lord has helped me to be capable, to be empowered to say... I have stilled and quieted my soul. My soul is like a satisfied child. My soul is like a child who is comforted by simply being entrusted 
to the Father, to God Himself. I trust Him. Now let me change gears a little bit. Now, that's easy to say when we are in a circumstance of life that's pleasant, appealing to us, easy. I said to to my wife this morning, I'm like, I still have this natural desire in me. It's like, Sometimes my, my own natural will, desire is like, man, I just wish the heaviest thing on my plate was like doing an eschatology study. <laughs> End times. The doctrine of, I don't know, speaking in tongues. And that was like the heaviest thing in my, on my plate. Just my individual study. And there's something in me, in my off places, it's like, man, that'd be so nice. That would be so nice to just have nothing on my table of thought or prayer or intercession. But you know what, God? This is so awesome. Just speak to me. Just feed me. But you know what? That's not the season I'm in. I'm in a season of like crying out to God. Interceding for others in my life. A burdensome season. A heavy season. A weighty season. A suffering season in measure. I'm not being persecuted. I'm not being assaulted from every side. No, I'm not. I'm not embellishing anything. I'm just saying this is a season when I go to bed. I go to bed heavy. Under that rightful burden that I shared about a couple weeks ago. I wake up. I roll over at four in the morning, and the burden is evident. So this verse must become real in my life. It must. It has to. The burden is light. Reality has to be what I believe in faith is absolutely true. I have to believe that the way of the suffering servant was carved out for me to walk in and to remain in and to not give in to that feeling to jump out and find relief and find false peace, really. Because it would be found in myself, neglecting the burden, the weight that I've prayed to have, that I've asked the the Lord to give to me and continue to as I read Jeremiah. And study him right now. Study the ways of Jeremiah the prophet. The weeping prophet. The suffering prophet. The crying out to the Lord in the night. And saying, oh God, will anyone listen to your oracles? And so, if I'm true, 
And if I'm truly walking in a conscience that's clear before the Lord and before the brothers, then, amen, I will not desire a lifted burden. My heart is not proud. My eyes are not lofty. I am, I am choosing to still and quiet my soul like a weaned child who is completely entrusting myself to God to the best that I know how today. God, you are my food. You are my food. You will sustain me. You will nourish me. God, you will sustain me. You are my strength, my ability, my words. I have no good thing apart from you. Literally, nothing. When I'm weak, God, you are strong, and that is not just a little Sunday school song or slogan. It's an absolute necessity of the daily, moment-by-moment function of my life. I have to put my hope in the Lord and walk as one who is satisfied. And so that leads me to this. Something that's just been stirring in me. I would just say maybe in a greater measure is the reality of one circumstance I'll pull out of the scriptures is Paul and Silas imprisoned. We know that most of Paul's letters, can we just simply say to us, came from a place of great suffering, imprisonment, beatings, trials of every kind. The things that we marvel at and say, oh God, yes, may that be true for me. But yet often, if we're not careful, we won't allow the circumstances that brought Paul to such a revelation and such an awesome dependence upon the Lord. We don't allow the process of how that comes to bring about what we're even asking for. We just want the result. Which is not the way it's going to happen. The fruit and result of Paul's life, should it ever be mine, will have to come the same way it came to him. Through suffering, through self-denial, through eyes literally fixed on things unseen. And so as I think in light of what I've just been talking about, the wean child satisfied reality, to me it's totally, it's a totally connected thought of Paul and Silas in jail. Anytime Paul was imprisoned, really. 
or falsely accused or any number of things we could glean from his life. An accusation comes. People want him dead. People attempt to kill him. They beat him. They imprison him, sometimes for two years at a time. And he praises the Lord. He praises God. He writes letters. He gets dragged before leaders, priests, kings, emperors. Men are called from other lands to come in. They say, I want to hear this man, Paul. I don't understand what's going on. You can't tell me one good reason you're imprisoning this man. What's the deal? That's what we've been still reading in our, in our family time. Is Festus and Felix and all those in the latter chapters of, of Acts. They're all called in. I believe it's, it's uh, Festus. Doesn't matter. But one of them says... You know, who is this guy? They inherit this problem, Paul. The emperor is called. They say, I want to meet this man. I want to see this great instigator. Paul is steady. Paul is sure. His only defense, because, you know, like people could say, well, no, Paul defended himself. He stood up for himself. Well, Paul's defense was I am a piece of garbage. <laughs> that was his defense, friends. His only defense, yes, he had a defense, but his defense was not rooted in defending himself as Paul the Apostle. His defense was not any way connected to Saul, the Pharisee of Pharisees. It wasn't about his own defense of his identity or his credentials. His defense was every time he would be asked, the last one we just read last night when, when he's given a voice in front of the emperor and he says, the gospel, he goes right back to the road when he in bright, in, 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 uh, encountered Jesus the Christ in a bright light. That's where he goes straight to every time. Look, y'all, my defense is this. I hated the followers of the way. I murdered them with great satisfaction. I was a per persecutor of Jesus the Christ. And now he, he revealed himself to me. I know him. unconcerned about how that sounded how it made him look because his boasting was in the cross of Jesus the Christ who purchased him he was satisfied his circumstances said whoa Paul you got to go another way just like Jesus you got to go another way brother this way you're going to lose your life but what did Paul say? What did his life say? What did the life of Jesus declare? 
I have already lost it, friend. I've already lost my life. I'm a weaned child with his mother. My soul is satisfied. Beat me. Torture me. Hang me on a tree. I am satisfied. My heart is not proud. My eyes are not lofty. I know who I am. I am a lamb led to the slaughter. So I don't care what you say about me. I don't care what you say to me. I don't care if you understand me completely or not. That is okay. I don't care if you're offended. I don't mind if you think I'm this or if you think I'm that. I have stilled and quieted my soul and I am satisfied that I have found my identity in Christ Jesus. And so as I talked about a little bit in the yoke exchange study from a couple weeks ago in that series, specifically when the earthquake came and Paul and Silas, their bounds, their uh, chains were broken, everybody in there, in the whole jail, their chains were broken. The bars opened, the gates of the jail cell opened, and everybody in there was instantly deemed free. And brothers, we've got to get this. We have got to get this. Paul and Silas did not run away because they were already free. They were already free. No chain made by a man and locked on them by a jailer by order of any other man dictated them being bound. They couldn't be bound because they didn't live according to their natural flesh man bodies. The stories we know of martyrs, I'm, I'm one that comes to my mind immediately, and I'm no scholar on martyrdom, but I remember one of um, an, a, a woman, and I believe it was her five boys, varying ages, being tortured and killed in front of her, starting with the eldest. And she is, of course, weeping because it's her children being killed right in front of her face because they wouldn't renounce the name of Jesus Christ. And they start with the oldest boy and they say, renounce the name of Jesus and you will live. Strong boys, you can serve here. You can be a servant here, but you can have the best quarters. You can have everything we have here. You can be someone, son. All you've got to do is renounce the name of Jesus the Christ who your family declares is the King of Kings. And the eldest boy lifts his head 
and says, do what you will, sir. My mother has trained me. He is the king of kings. You, sir, do what you need to do. And they kill the boy, the eldest son. And they go through all of the boys in front of the mother. And they get to the youngest. And he's not even oldest to understand. But you know what he says? The God of my mother and the God of my brothers is my God. And I will stand because they have stood. My life is not my own. You do what you need to do. This is the call, friends, of the surrendered life, of the weaned child life who does not need everything in order, who doesn't need clarity in every second to function, who doesn't need answers to questions that I have. I'm a weaned child. I am not and I will not be a screaming newborn infant demanding you feed me, God. You feed me right now. I will be a mature son. Weaned. Still and quiet. Before the Lord and before the others in the body. I will be still and I will be quiet and I will not be shaken. I will not place myself under a yoke of anxiety and burdens that are not for me. I'm free. Whether I believe it or not, in a sense of how I feel, there is something in me that's changing, friends. I am not being tossed about to and fro any longer in tough circumstances. I am like a weaned child with his mother. Praise God. It's the evidence of change. It's the evidence of becoming a mature son who can more capably handle the father's business more so today than I could yesterday. It's the evidence of the promises, promises of God within the scriptures. The man who is stable in his ways. So friend, if you're unstable, listen to what I'm saying. I'm saying right now in this moment, brothers, I'm stable. I'm secure. I say with great fear and trembling and I'm the least of the righteous. I'm the greatest of sinners. But you know what? To this morning, be like me. Be like me, friends. Be stable in your ways today. 
Be unshakable today. Be bound up. Be shackled. Be imprisoned. Yet be free. Be free. Be satisfied. Be like Paul. Be like Silas. Look, break off my shackles. I got nowhere to go. I'm free already. I got no need to run out of here. Let's sit down, jailer. Let's go to your house. I'm going to tell you why I'm free already. I'm going to tell you why I have been singing the praises to the eternal God. Because, friend, this isn't about me. This isn't about this flesh and bone body that you put those shackles on. My soul is quiet within me because my eternal soul is free. I'm telling y'all, this is a narrow way reality. This is the kingdom of God. All of darkness and hell cannot prevail against a people who walk in this place. We see that in the first church. We see that People were being set free of demon possession, set free from death and disease and sickness. People were being baptized, moved from death to life, the domain of darkness to the kingdom of the eternal sun, the light. Paul's shadow is healing people. The hem of the garment of Jesus the Christ, power was shooting out of it into the body of a sick woman. Why? 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 Because these were free men, God men, spiritual men, not Mere newborn baby infants screaming and wiggling and crying out for their mama's breast. Yes, God brings us to himself like that. That's scripture. That's true. He is our sustenance, He is our nourishment. He brings us to Himself. He gives us life. But y'all, I'm almost 46 years old. If I'm still nudging around looking for my daddy's breast, I have a problem. I'm a foolish infant of a spiritual man. I am desiring the meat of my father's table. 
pass me the plate with the meat and the bread. I want to eat what it's set before me. I want to be a capable heir. Yes, I come to the Lord in humility. He's the potter, I'm the clay. He's the carpenter. I'm just the wood material. But how do I come? How do I come? Desperate. Yes and amen. I feel more desperate than I've ever been. But it's something different than just some, Oh God, where are you? Help us. Oh, please. Please nurse us. No. It's God. I need your food. I am a son. I am your child, but I am your son in need of your life-giving food. I come before you. That stuff I was reading yesterday and doing some studying on of, of what Jeremiah was saying about coming before the counsel of the Lord and I will hear and I will see the oracle of God. I'm coming. I'm interceding. I'm denying myself. My belly's hungry. My will is grasping for some air. But I say no. It's the way. It's the pattern. I will deny myself because I need your food. I will not satisfy myself with my fleshly indulgences. And many fleshly indulgences are our thoughts, are our defenses, are our identities. I lay them down. I lay them down. And I place myself within the rightful yoke. The burden of Jesus the Christ, the suffering servant. I place myself within it and I turn my head and I look and I see Jesus the Messiah saying, let's go, son. Let's go. But this isn't by your strength. You stay in this yoke and we're going to move some things. We're going to till some ground. We're going to turn over some ground. Let's go. There's some hard soil, Joel, up here. There's some hills. There's some rocks. But you stay in this yoke with me, and we're going through. We're plowing through. It's going to hurt. You're going to sweat. You're going to get weary. But don't grow weary in well-doing, Joel. You stay in my yoke, and I'm going to feed you. You eat of me. You eat at my table, and you're going to be sustained. You be a weaned child, Joel. You be satisfied here, and everything you need will be satisfied. All of your needs will be met. Because you're free here. 
You're free. Brothers, we're free there. So today, if there's anything in you, examine your heart. Examine your thoughts. Examine your defenses. Examine your identity. And ask, Lord, in what ways am I not like a weaned child? In what ways have I not stilled and quieted my soul? In what ways are, is my heart proud? Are my eyes lofty? Where is my hope not in the Lord? Where am I bound? And where am I not content and satisfied in my soul? Clear your calendars, friends. Cancel that trip to the pool. Postpone that trip to the beach. Make your grass wait. Seek the face of the Lord. Find that place. Seek His face. We have to. We have to. His glory is dependent upon us. His glory being revealed in our age is dependent upon the weaned child entrusting himself to God. God, help us. This is nothing we can do in our own strength and our own ability. It'll be nothing but a self-help program. By your spirit, by your strength, God. We trust you, Lord, with your work of your hands the work of your hands in a people, a weaned child people. Amen.